This is a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne, truly independent community radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's the afternoon. Good afternoon. Matt Steadman, good that's, afternoon. That's very formal. Good was, afternoon. I was, taking, I was taking a little bit of Johnny Bongos, I suppose. Yeah. Are you well? Hello, he's, he's very formal when he starts off. Hello. How are you doing? He's... It's the afternoon. Uh, that was the scientists. They're very smart. They were. They were very good. And what a morning it has been. And uh, we are in the afternoon glide slow. Gliding mm. down. Gliding down. Having fun. And uh, what was that? Oh, oh, I haven't turned off my phone. Oh, Cameron. Trouble. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Don't do it. Phones we- on silent, people. Phones on silent. Phones on silent. Yeah. Radio 101. Yes. Here we go. <laughs> and we're learning. We're learning it. Uh, Matt Stedman's here, which is uh, a good thing. Because, yes. Uh, Thank you. This just wouldn't happen because uh, I don't know what's going on back there. But one thing we do know is that we have a wonderful, awesome show yes, for agreed. you I would this afternoon. Um, starting off with, um, with, with royalty... Yes, very much so. Royalty. Is this the first first time for us? I don't think we've actually had... Uh... No, we haven't had Philip on or, or Elizabeth. No. No, they haven't been on the show. No. We had Sam Twining on a million years ago. He was yeah. sort of the king of teas. Yes. But we have the reigning monarch of Moomba. Yes. The Moomba monarch, ladies and gentlemen. And long may he reign. Yes, there they are. Oh, look at him. He's holding court. It's funny, actually, you know, because I heard the rumour this week before it was announced. I heard they were, the rumour was they were going to have a couple of foodies. I heard that the... rumour. As the regal monarchs of Moomba. And mm. I immediately thought... Guy Grossi. they got to get Guy Grossi. Got to get Guy Grossi. And they did. It's a perfect thing. We couldn't get Cara Martini in. Yeah, that's a shame. But uh, Guy's going to come in. Yes. He's here to talk about his royal duties, I would suppose. Yes. And the fact that um, the Grossis have got something which is incredible. Mm. Um, and it's uh, the Tomato Festival. Yes. That is coming up. So we're going to have a quick little chat about that. Uh, which will be a lot of fun. We're going to go to market and have a chat to John. Yes. As we do. Cold day today. I'm sure that would have been noted. Cold day, but we have so dodged the bullet uh, that the rest of the east coast of Australia is sweltering. I saw on I saw on Facebook people taking photos of their dashboard. You know how the car has a little temperature printout thing there? So In the 50s? 47. 47. That's hot. Oh, that's outside, isn't it? Yeah, that's you, hot. Yeah, it's too hot. Mm. It's too hot. And that's... Um, We've dodged the bullet. Let's yes. just say that and move on. Yes. Um, a thing happened. Um, I received a cookbook, which um, you Facebooked, haven't you, Matt? Uh, yes. Smith and Daughters, a cookbook that happens to be vegan. And uh, the great news is we've got uh, the two instigators of that. What is turning into really this great institution in Brunswick Street? Yes. The old de los Santos. Mm-hmm. We've got Shannon Martinez and Mo Wise uh, in the green room, and they're all just conversing with the Grossies. Yes, and um, I guess the the great thing is that they've they've brought out this rather wonderful book. It's a really really good cookbook. It's a good looking book. Smith and Daughters cookbook that happens to be vegan, and you know it's kind of a good thing. We've we've evolved, mm. and I don't think that vegan cooking is really that much of an issue anymore. No, maybe that's a good place to start with the. With the interview, mm. we're going to talk to them at the end of the show. So they'll be the, the third cab off the rank, you could yes. say, which is good. But um, 
We've got a couple of little snippets, some things that are coming up that we'd love you to maybe consider. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, do you want to kick off, Maddie? I should, should not. If I grab my uh, laptop. So, upcoming event. You yeah. might have heard of the chaos going down in Syria. and uh, Yes. And, and what, what can one person do? Exactly. That's an enormously complex topic that uh, I won't even attempt to delve into. But UNICEF are having a month-long campaign to um, raise some money specifically for the uh, Syrian Crisis Relief Fund. Um, and as part of that... Syrian up, Crisis Relief Fund, yeah. Yes, okay. yeah. Basically a water cash, you yeah. would think. Um, and as part of that... Just they need a big water cash. They need a lot of cash. Yeah, okay, yes. Uh, there's been a global campaign called Cook for Syria where um, prominent foodies all over the world basically just donate their time for an evening and all profits go to UNICEF. And it's happening in Melbourne. Yes. Monday, March 6th uh, at the Point in Albert Park. Oh, good location. Great location. Yes. Um, chef's lineup uh, includes people like David Thompson, Shane Delia, Frank Kimura, Jacques Raymond. Jacques Raymond. We'll be cooking um, a whole pile of excellent chefs. Tickets, not cheap. All right, breathe in, everyone. <gasps> 330 ahead. 329, isn't it? 329. <laughs> 329. You can bank that dollar. Yeah. But, um, of course, all the profits go to an excellent cause. So if, you, if you're keen and interested, uh, early March, Monday, March 6th, uh, just Google Cook for Syria and you'll get there. Are you going to work this on the website? I should, shouldn't I? That sounds like the sort of thing. And, and how, just, I'm curious as to, like, let's say you, so you finished what, listening to the show mm. and you want to get info about the show. What do yes. you do? What you can do, Cameron, yeah, you, you go do? to the Triple R website. Triple R.org. And then you can find the Eat It program page. Yeah. And we've got the links on there. And guess what we're doing this year too, Cam? What are we doing? We're trying to actually get better with our Facebook presence. <laughs> so we've been on Twitter for years and Twitter, we, okay, we can't, we can do Twitter. Yeah. Facebook is the next challenge. So, Has um, Twitter lost its luster? I think it has. Yeah, I think its see. usership is going down. <laughs> but um, if you want to follow us on Facebook, it's a little bit more interesting. So just find it. Just eat it on Twitter. A, a on wonderful Facebook. mouthpiece for dictators. Yes. <laughs> and watching whatever turd floats to the top of their brains, in, I suppose uh, we could say. All in caps. Sorry about that, kids. What um, else is going on? Well, you know, sometimes you go to um, to a school fair, you know, mm. and... Um, and you might get a Dagwood dog, or they yep. might be a. They might have spent a bit of money and got a fairy floss fairy machine. Fairy floss machine, yes. Hey, mm. Maybe there might even be two coloured fairy floss, Ooh. green and the pink. Uh, not so at uh, Saint Anthony's Primary School in Alfington, which um, you're going to have a couple guns cooking there. Uh, Twilight Fair Friday, twenty fourth of February, man. That's the 24th of February. 24. Yeah, St. Anthony's Primary School in Alfington will be hosting. Well, actually not hosting. It's just that we've got a, a couple big dads. Yes. Uh, Scotty Pickett. Scotty Pickett's going to be there. Hello, Scott. And Adam De Silva ah. from Coda Tonka. Scott Pickett, of course, Estelle, ESB, St. Crispin, Pickett's Deli. Yes. Um, they're going to be doing chicken Bung me, roast beef rolls, pork brioche, ratatouille and handcuff chips mm. at this fair. So um, it's going to be a little bit of a, a destination to go for. A little bit more highbrow than your standard primary school fair. You are so right. Mm. And uh, maybe if I can just quickly lead on to the other thing that I just wanted people to know about mm. um, is the fact that uh, Joel Salatin, 
Yes. Rockstar farmer from the Shenandoah Valley. Yes. Um, we've had him Polyface on Farms? Polyface Farms. That's right. And we've had yes. him on the show a few times before. Um, some call him the world's most innovative farmer. Okay. Uh, but he's, um, he's good, and he's, um, he's one of these great people that um, knows about real, real food, mm. regenerative farming. Mm. Um, and what is happening is, uh, in collaboration with the Australian Food Sovereignty Alliance, and this is what that is, is a bunch of small producers that are getting together to um, have a collective. Yes. Because, um, let's see, uh, Tammy Jonas had uh, a big run-ins with um, FarmSafe. Right. Yes. Farm safe's not quite the right word. I'm not using the right word. No, she, the, the she, government authority. The yeah. government authority. Mm. Um, and um, she had to fight back. And the idea is uh, to get a, uh, a legal fund happening mm. um, to, and what's it going to be called? The Food and Sovereignty Alliance Legal Defence Fund. And uh, what's going to be happening is that uh, we've got uh, Joel Salatin on Sunday, the 26th of February, at Jonai Farms in Eganstown, Victoria. Uh, I would say, if you look, want to look that up, Joel Salatin, uh, Tamis Joni would, yes. would be the go uh, for, for that one. Uh, that's going to be happening. I think it's about 130 bucks to go and do that, but Costa's going to be there. Yes. Uh, Tammy's going to be there. Yes. Joel Salatin is going to be there uh, talking about um, small farming. Yes. Um, how you can make it work, how you can support it. And um, I think it's, it's valid, mm. and um, I reckon it's recommended by you and me. I'm, the, dragging, the, the, I'm it, dragging you it into this, It gets the stamp of approval. I think it does. Are you ready? It sounds like this. Boom, we should go. use that stamp more often. We should. And it resonates too. Hey, just before That's we... That's a metaphor, uh, that is. Just before we get our first guest in, I also just wanted to send a big uh, eat it hug out to our good friend Richard Cornish, who... <gasps> we Corn dog! We learned, Who's Richard Cornish, just in case people don't he know? He's a food writer and author. One uh, of our best. Co-author of a lot of the Movita cookbooks. He's a wit... He is a wit. He's a wit. And he's just caught... He's suffering. Ross River Fever, the poor guy. Learned that in the age today. So um, sending big hugs out to Richard. Hopefully he gets better soon. Yeah, I don't know if you're listening, Richard, but if you are, we love you and we want you to get better. And, yeah, Ross River... Pff, Avoid sucks. those mosquitoes, people. Just just rug up. Although today's probably not much of a mosquito ha- day. Have a good weekend. <laughs> don't get bitten by these bloody mosquitoes. Um, yeah, 12-12 here on 3RRR. We should, probably shouldn't tarry. So... No. So there it is, folks. Um, coming to a fate near you, look out for for Adam and Scotty. Yep. Um, Legal Defence Fund, I think that's great. Joel yep. Sullivan. Yep. And, uh, yeah, Corn Dog. You get better now, will you? 12-12, 3 RFM. Uh, we might even have uh, the father and son. Oh. Yeah, we're going to have – oh, we've got Smith and Daughter, father and son. You see, there's something there's – a, there's, a, there's a weaving here, a tapestry. 12.13 here on 3 Triple RFM. Eat it is the show that you are on. It's the afternoon. <gasps> what a time to be alive, ladies and gentlemen. What a glorious thing it is to have monarchy <laughs> in our lives. What a great thing that we know that we can always look up on the hill of Burke Street and look across and know that royalty resides there. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is my esteemed pleasure to introduce to you the king. You know, that king guy. 
Guy oh. Grassi. Hello, Cam. Hello, mate. You know, I didn't come all the way in here to be taken the piss out of. I could have stayed home for that, mate. Yeah, that's what it oh, shit. Honestly. You only to I stay home for that. I love It's always... That was beautiful. You, like you must have stayed up all night. Oh, uh, yeah, we did try to... Well, we composed oh, that. Yeah, and also, understood. apologies, because, um, of course, that was Elgar, and he was English, and, and we've got a, we've got an Italian monarch. It doesn't but, matter. I get the gist of it. It's uh, the spirit that counts. All and, right. Uh, Amazing. Well, let me tell you, I, I'm actually pretty chuffed to have been asked to do that job. So, so you should be. Because, uh, like, Melbourneian through and through, yes. born and bred here, so to born actually raised. sit on a chariot waving <laughs> to the people of Melbourne, it's going to be a lot of fun, and, um, yeah. and it's all about, you know, sort of getting people to have a great time <laughs> in Melbourne. Sorry. Right. <laughs> uh, I've still got um, my left eye. Uh, <laughs> Before we we do bring in uh, Carlo, your son, quite seriously, okay, we did take the piss with a bit of Elgar, but uh, both Maddie and myself just instantly went, you know what, that's perfect. Yeah. When, when we heard yeah. that you were, um, you were, what, what, do you, what happens anointed? when you get made a king? Yeah, anointed, yeah. that's good. But, I was anointed. So, <laughs> dubbed. Dubbed. Um, I'll never live this so, town. I'll um, never live this town, will I? No, no. Actually, in 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 all due in all respects, actually, guy, I reckon you're perfect for this because you've represented this this place called Melbourne, the Cucina of Melbourne, and more. Anyway, I, and I've got the physique for it too. <laughs> <laughs> the robe, yeah, it just falls oh so well off my body. Yeah, and and also Karen Martini is your reigning uh, monarch, and she's gorgeous. You couldn't ask for a better queen. Yeah. <laughs> And Except for my wife, Melissa, of oh, course, yeah, yeah. if she's hey, tuning hey, in hey, right yeah, now. Just in case. Um, but I think it, it's, uh, yeah, it's a marvellous thing. So congratulations on Thank you. that Thank you, one. Sir. Grazie, grazie. Um, we haven't had you on for a while, and um, it, mention should be made of um, how well, even though it has been done a while ago now, Guy, mm. how great the the refreshment of the grill has worked. Looks really, really great in there. Oh, you're Congratulations very, you're very on kind. That. We're really, really happy. Good on you, Carlo. Thank you for Thanks. helping and, me do that. And Carlo, have we in- introduced Carlo yet, Matt? Um, have we, did we no, say hi to you yet, we Carlo? We did not no. yet, but I'm here. And I, I, it was just amazing to see that that beautiful intro. That was just <laughs> yeah. like that. I actually wondered where you were going with pride. it first, and then it was just that was beautiful. <laughs> Take the ball and run with it. Um, Carlo, you're part of the, jeez, I suppose we look, we look at this, the, the, the Grossi dynasty. And um, and how long has Ombra been open for now? Ombra turns five this year. Actually. Whoa! Yeah, I know. Time, Whoa! Time's passing a blink. Time flies it? when you're having fun, doesn't it? Yes. A salami pizza beer fun fueled five years. It's and and also in one of and uh, one of my favourite restaurant interiors. Yeah, it's great. I, I I really really love that place. One because. I seem to lounge and sort of lie about when I eat, and there's that sort of upholstered wall that you have. <laughs> really I like to put my head yeah, on there. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's been used, it's been used as a pillow mm. for a, by a lot of people. Mm. <laughs> yes. We're talking during operating hours yeah. now, Carlo. <laughs> we so got, we're, we're doing, um, speaking of bars, we're doing, I was just telling the lovely ladies outside, we're doing a, uh, a, a guests a, who are coming on very, yeah, very soon. soon. Oh, amazing. Yeah, Shannon chat, and Mo. Amazing chats out there, I've got to say. Yes. Beautiful people, doing great things in Melbourne. Mm. Um, we're doing another little bar in the laneway behind... Oh, yeah, how's that going? Well, pretty slow, but it's, <laughs> come, but it's coming. Like Mate. everything I do, Mate. Cam, yes. pretty slow. Yeah, we take our time, but we, yeah. we get it right. 
Well, uh, you know. Sometimes. You, you, um, you, you're considered. So uh, any time frame as to when yeah, that's going to uh, open? Probably April. We're looking at April now. We were hoping for when all the big names were out here for the 50 top chefs and all that, but I don't that's know that we're going to squeeze it in. But yeah. if we can, then we will. And that's that was the that was the project, what, what we were aiming for. But, you know, hey, we're mm. going to do it properly. You've done the tomatoes yet? The tomatoes are coming off this took, year. I the, talked to John, John yeah. at the market. He says in the next couple of weeks yeah, he's they're probably going to start. Coming, they're coming, they're coming. Late, late season this year. Doing the passata. But we've got, um, as you know, well aware of, because you're going to be one of the key people at Ooh. the Tomato Festival yeah. on the 19th of March. 19th of um, March, man. And uh, March. We, we've got the All Nations Park in Northcote this year, so much closer to the city. So in Northcote? That is a lot Northcote. closer. Yeah. So it's really accessible um, and it's a great venue, a lot of, lot of space there, so we, it's going to grow in size. There'll, yes. be, there'll be about 6,000 people there this year. Um, and no. we have got some amazing vendors doing all their street food, pasta, pizza, saluministi with their little panini. And we're, we're launching our pezzo there. You what? We're, our pezzo. What's pezzo? Our, right. our pezzo. 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 What's so the pezzo? Pezzo is, is a little derivative that came from Ombra, which is um, kind of like our, it is our pizza dough, 48-hour fermented pizza dough. But instead of being made into a pizza, it's baked into a bun. We cut it in half and fill it with delicious stuff like Ooh. meatballs in sugo Ooh. and fried calamari and Ooh. melanzane and uh, help me out. What else? Do we Porchetta and all sorts of other things. So we're doing... Petso at the Tomato Festival. Very excited about that. New stuff. Yeah. That sounds good. Now, it, um, now, if you can't just have a capricious whim and think, you know what, I'm not doing anything, I'm going to go to the Tomato. You have to book for this thing. You've got to buy tickets. They're on buy sale tickets. now. How do you buy a ticket? I'm glad you asked me that question. Um, here go, I am. I'm asking to, all the good questions. You go to uh, melbournetomatofestival.com yeah. and you purchase your tickets right there. How and much? You, they're twenty five dollars for yeah, a ticket, right. and cheaper for kids. Yeah, cheaper for kids, and family tickets are cheaper as well. Um, so it's a bargain for everything. Yeah, because you've got demonstrations in there, all, all the demonstrations and talks are free. And but you got the, chefs I hear like, the two guys that run the demonstration tent are just dashing and very. Well, what are their names, Carlo? I think Cameron and Carlo. Right. Yeah, that's right. Hey, hey. Very handsome young <laughs> girls, handsome aren't guys. they? Uh, demonstrations we, from the chefs too. Don't forget who's, who's S- coming. Scott Pickett, Cara Martini. Kansas were going to be the the Queen. Colin the Queen Fa- will be there. Colin Fastenage. So girls, book your tickets now. Oh, They're Colin. selling fast. Um, we got great great people. Uh, Frank Kamara is coming back. So we got a lot of people coming for demonstrations and great talks as well about mm. you know Mother Nature and stuff. This is really really important because this is intertwined with the italian culture of uh, fair city and in fact i have come up with a term a while ago um when speaking of the north as the passata triangle <laughs> and it's but it's true isn't it it's like okay it's kind of funny it's 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 kind of humorous and it refers to the bermuda tribe but 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 the there is that whole thing, and this is what has inspired that, is the great migration that has come here and the self-sufficiency of the Italians and the whole thing of doing things to the seasons. At the moment, it's Italian time, and this is a great celebration of that, isn't it? It's a celebration of the har- harvest. You're exactly right, yeah. Cam. It's <laughs> celebrating the season when you have the 
the beautiful produce in its full bounty and yeah. the whole idea of the peasantry behind it where it's resourcefulness. It's about yes. preserving that yes. bounty so you can use it through the rest of the months and through the winter months and you've always got the beautiful passata. But uh, to me, that's just one celebration and it's mm. our tomato festival and that's how we do it. But to me, it's not just about the Italian culture. It's about all cultures that have come here to this great multicultural city and yeah. it's about saying, hey, these traditions need to be preserved, they need to be kicked on, and the young ones have to learn about them as well. Mm, and, and how true that is, because I can sort of take that ball and run with a little bit, Carlo and Guy, and the fact that we are almost, as I say, the 21st region of Italy, because there is there is a group of people that are within this, this fair town that we have that are more encouraged and more into the traditions than sometimes is what is happening in the mother do we call it the motherland let's call it the motherland let's call it, for it, all it, intents it, and purposes in italy itself at work, in italy. at work we actually have coined this term it's kind of how we describe ourselves we could describe ourselves as melbourneese yeah, melbourneese yes because, i've heard you say that before yeah, yeah because it's kind of like it is literally like we are this new region of italy where mm-hmm. we've got this beautiful territory that we celebrate yeah and that's i suppose what the whole tomato festival is all about and and that is why i love being associated with that because that's something let's face it man this is something that we've been mm. talking about and Absolutely. promoting and and bringing up for for years and years and it, it, it's it's great to see it happen yeah, oh, and it's got to it's got to live on. And as you as you so eloquently put it before, it's true. Like a lot of the traditions are dying off because mm. people are busy. And I'm talking about in Italy. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and people are living in apartments now, and they're busy. They've got b- busy lifestyles. The children and this and that. So that whole idea of getting out on one day of the year and inviting all the neighbours around, it's it's diminishing. We've yeah. got to keep it alive. We do. And w- let's face it, we're a bunch of crazy wogs in Melbourne. We love it and we're going to keep it rolling. But you know what also is really, really great? That this gets transferred to the skippies. Oh, yeah. But you know? And, 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 and that is a great thing because it gets disseminated out and this great thing that becomes... This, as well as Italian tradition, it becomes a Melbourne tradition. Well, we're all una and a That Melbourne. Whoa, what, is that? what are you <laughs> saying? One face, one race. We're all the same. Oh, una facha. We're all brothers we're all brother <laughs> and sisters. <laughs> yeah, say that again because it sounds fantastic. Una facha and a Ah, ah, ah. Which is hey, great. Oh, All right. Um, oh. Now, you guys uh, have uh, been kind enough to give us your time. Where are you racing off to? What's going on? A very special day today. Two of my nieces are having birthdays. Mm. One is 17 and one is 14. Yeah, you got it right. I got it right. (laughs) And uh, we're celebrating at my my brother's house. Now, my brother is not... He's a food man. I I was nearly going to say he's not a food man, but he is a food man. But he is a food man. But he's a medico. He's into anaesthetics. He puts people to sleep for a living. Really? Hopefully they wake up. But when he gets it... Well, that's the plan. (laughs) That's the plan. Let's not joke about it, please. Touching wood there. Touching wood. Wake um, up. But, yeah. uh, but he, he loves cooking. And yes. so whenever he gets in the kitchen, he cooks up a storm. And Ooh. we're delighted. We're really What's his specialty? Has he got a specialty? He loves doing a, a particular sugo, which he puts with his pasta. Yes. So it's kind of like a hybrid of a bolognese ragu, but it's a little different. He's got his own touches pork, in pork it. Mince, pork mince? Pork mince, beef mince. Uh, pork for softness. He puts a little bit of chicken in as well. Beef, beef, pork, and a little bit of chicken. Bloody yeah. hell, the Holy Trinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy yeah. Trinity, Bologna, yeah. And he does a really good roast pork too. And what sort of pasta does he do with it? Well, it depends. Sometimes, what sort of noodles, sometimes yeah. we have um, fettuccine or yeah. maybe just a simple penne. Yes. Even an orecchietti goes very well with it. Boom. Well, um, congratulations 
King Guy. It's always a pleasure to be on this show, and may this show reign supreme. May it will. And also, hey, Carlo, great to have you on, man. Great to be here. Thanks, thanks for letting uh, me thanks in the booth. Uh, it's, it's an absolute <laughs> pleasure. Have a great luncheon. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Hey. Uh, Matt's uh, knows what's going on, but I know that we're going to be getting seeing John very, very, very soon. So we're going to have some music first, though. Great to have royalty on <laughs> the show. You got quite quite seriously. Look at this day to day. It's just so different. What a difference a day makes. Definitely. Sorry, I had a mouthful of panettone before. Rude of me to answer, but well, yeah, th- this is magic. It's my sort of weather. People are saying to me it's too cool to have shorts and a t-shirt on. No, no, Not no. at all. I'm right, still running hot. Yeah, takes a few days to cool down, like the vegetables as well. Yes. So yes, it's glorious, and life is still grand. Now, but hang about. This actually brings up something, and I. I, I love to get a comment from you we here in melbourne uh victoria i think we've dodged the bullet because the rest of the country the east eastern seaboard up to queensland they are sweltering 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 hot 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 is that going to have effect on the produce is that going to have effect on prices it's hard to say because you remember before christmas we were talking about how people all up and down the eastern seaboard, maybe even across Adelaide, mm. were getting rained on and rained on and rained on. And, mm. and I was saying maybe, maybe not. But I think maybe the heat will affect things a little bit more mm. because um, it burns the crops out of that. Yep. So Singes the leaves, burns does. the fruit. And even if they bring the fruit out in good condition, it's in hot condition, if they don't cool it down properly... Uh, it just continues to swelter and expand, and by the time it gets down to Melbourne, it's not in a good state. Like yeah. the eggplant that I've got today that came out of Mildura. Yeah. What I saw in a big stack looked beautiful. Yeah. And what I got here on the stall looked shocking. Ooh. So when I see my agent on Wednesday, I'm going to give him what for? Oh, and say, well, you know, oh. did you give me the wrong stuff, or was the stuff just too hot? It wasn't looked after properly. Either way, yeah. he's got to give compensation for it because... The produce is unsellable. And if that has a multiplier effect throughout the market, um, you know, with, with things like that, yeah. Of course, everything, uh, scarcity will bring a price increase uh, because um, in our industry, uh, it's very hard to be a profiteer, like, you know, jack up the prices because you can. Um, we have to be fair because we rely on the quantity. If there's a lot, we sell it cheaper. If there's not much, we have to pay a little bit more. One, one other question which that sort of brings up is the fact that I remember, is this still the case that because Sydney has the biggest population that they're able to suck in all the, all, all the produce? So if there is a shortage, it goes to where the money is, which has been historically New South Wales and Sydney. Is that still the case? Uh, yes, it is, but they don't get 100%. You know, we still have to be fed, and um, yeah. the growers and agents uh, are quite aware that they have to butter their bread on both sides if they want to continue, because yeah. if they only butter one side, sooner or later, that's all they'll be eating. <laughs> nice, so, nice analogy. Yeah, like uh, yeah so yeah, I've heard of um, guys that have had lettuces coming down from Queensland. Mm. Um, actually, the semi-trailer had already passed Sydney, it was um, a third of the way past Sydney, between here and Sydney, and uh, there was a shortage of lettuce in Sydney, and here in Melbourne uh, they weren't getting enough. Mm. So a phone call to the truckie, he stopped, had a coffee, turned around with the Sydney market, and the money came down, and he didn't even have to touch it, and he got lucky. But that's not very often that things like that can happen. Mm. Hello, Andre, how are you? 
Um, but let me just um, say, okay, we'll move away from that. The great thing is, folks listening today, is that we're in this beautiful, beautiful time of year where we've got stone fruit still happening. It's a time of abundance. It really, oh. really is. And it's only going to get better. Uh, it's always going to get better. And, and last night, you know, after my dinner, uh, I'd have coffee and I was feeling thirsty. And I said, well, what's it going to be? Water? And no, all this beautiful stone fruit on the bench is calling me. Mm. So I had two beautiful golden plums yes. and the nectarine. Yeah. And then uh, after half an hour, then I went to bed and I was satisfied. So, yeah, there's an abundance and there's no right time or wrong time to eat the fruit. Yeah. It's good for you, so get into it. <clears throat> um, and you can even stew a lot of the stone fruit, make some uh, jams t- jam time too. It's going to be that time of year. Now, I gave you some homework during the uh, the week. I'm wondering if you've done it. Fig chair. Have you had a fig? No. No, no, right. no time. No, I don't think there's any um, really, really ripe figs at the moment. Just hang on for a second. All right. Stand by. All right. Sorry about that, folks. We uh, just had a little break because um, you had to speak to a gentleman called Andre who's off doing his shopping. Um, but we, I think we were talk, you were talking about uh, stone fruit and... Uh, figa. Oh, feature, yeah. La figa. figa. La figa. All right, figa. now... But you didn't have any. No, so, I haven't right, had any. Well, let's, we'll move um, on from there. They're around. They're um, around. There's some they're, beautiful black ones around. I haven't seen very many white ones, but they should be coming out, uh, probably out of Shepparton and places like that. So, mm. you know, there are a lot of things you can do with them. If they're uh, super ripe, you have a feast, bread and cold figs for breakfast. A little bit of cheese, mm. or if they're a little bit green, people like to caramelise them. Too, too trendy for me. Say, <laughs> <So> love <lovely. laughs> Wow, there you go, squelch. Um, I like that. I reckon it's kind of. <laughs> I reckon it's kind of valid. And plus, the beautiful, yeah, yeah, sugariness. Yeah, well, that's the fig beauty of it. Goes so well with the saltiness of cured meat. I think that's kind of great. Take the twenties. Yeah. John, we've yeah. got, um, you wanted to show me your pickle. Yes. No, do you want to show me a gherkin? A gherkin. Oh, stop this double entendre stuff. It's uh, gherkin time. Yes, it's These gherkin time. ugly, warty things. Actually, they're not as warty as some years. They're a little bit smoother. Some years they're full of prickles. Mm. And I was saying, I've got a, a new German girl working for me. Yes. And uh, I was saying to her that sometimes they can be very, very prickly. Mm. And the plant leaves are very very prickly and they can be covered in condensation so mm. if you've got to get into the bush you get your arms prickled your yeah. forehead prickled yeah. but they are a lovely cucumber yeah. very short season maybe only four or so weeks of the year um this is what they call the dill cucumber yeah. uh, a lot of people pickle them we eat them raw as well yeah. there are so many different ways to pickle them it's not funny but the thing is, if you want to get them, my God, get out of bed and come here now because they don't last long. They are so fleeting. Not. Two weeks, three Cup. weeks. Yeah, yeah. a short term. Yeah. And, and then we've got the normal Lebanese cucumber wood. If you tried to pickle that, it's all water. You, you wouldn't have, you'd have to eat it within a week. You couldn't keep it. That's uh, why you don't see them and, like that. They yeah. fall to pieces. And the dill cucumbers, you can put them in a jar, keep them a year, two years. You can um, pickle them with so many herbs and spices. It's not funny. Food for tomorrow. That's right. And food for thought. Now, you've pulled out uh, some glorious-looking sweet corn. Well, have a look how big and plump they are. Now, I've got two different varieties of corn, and it's tragic that we don't have a few others as well mm. because people, especially Victorians, are traditionalists. They only like to eat the things that they know, and we're all used to yellow corn. Mm. Now, we've been spoiled that we've got corn 52 weeks of the year yeah. because 
at the moment we're getting the Matakui up, uh, Corumburra, places like that. Beautiful big ears of corn. Uh, what's that? 15 centimetres or more long. Nice, robust, straight lines, very vibrant yellow colour. Now, that's the normal corn. I'm selling these $1.20 because they're extra large. You can buy 80 cents around the market for the smaller stuff, the ugly stuff. I'd pay $1.20, and they've got a lot of mass to them, haven't they? There's a lot. If you shucked that, you'd have enough to make a huge salad with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, lots of weight. And, actually, I reckon this close to the size of a ruler, so... Close yeah. to 30 centimetres. Yeah. So corn's around. Get into that now at the moment. And we've got the two-coloured corn. <laughs> Quickly, we'll talk about this one. Yep. This, the New Zealanders call honey and pearl. It's not new. This, um, maybe we could even call it an heirloom variety. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Americans also grow a pure white corn. Yep. They tried to grow that here three years ago. Tragically, it went to the zoo. People would not buy it. Like I said, Victorians are very staid. Well, because of the, the, the look of it. Yeah. Or white. People don't want to try Albino something. Albino corn, I'm not doing But it. they make white polanta with that uh, white ah, corn. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's good. All right. Now, one thing you really should be starting to think about and get into because we're getting into that abundance, and that's the grapes. And you've okay. got, um, you always carry these two lines. They're always around with you, John, aren't they? These glorious little tiny sultanas, which are just. Little, as you, I think you described them in the past, bags of sugar. Yeah, little pearls, bags oh, of sugar. Oh, Lord, they're good. These are not quite golden brown. The grower said to me, I know you like them brown, John. Next week, I promise mm. they will all be sunburnt. Yeah. And he's not wrong. they got so much heat up there. There, It's a little from? town called Goodnight up on the border, past Swanee, Swanee. Oh, okay, yes. If you blink, it's gone. I went there and I said, oh, I'll have a look around and... And I said goodbye to to good night. And there's one post office building which is derelict now, probably. Yeah. So it's a rural area. And And this this black one, this is a modern grape. It's a a hybrid that they've developed or they've found somewhere. It's a black seedless grape called Sable. Mm. Next week I will have a true muscatel. Yes. And. once you've had a muscatel, it's hard to eat anything else other than a sultana and a muscatel. But this sable's not bad. It's not the, bad at all. It's a, 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 remember, a lingering flavour that you will remember. Beautiful sweetness. All yeah. right, we're going to have to move on. Pick of the market. Pick of the market. Believe it or not, maybe even broccoli. It looks reasonable today because we've had a couple of pathetic weeks where the broccoli's had that little white flower in it, mm. uneven shape. Uh, smelt horrible even though it was fresh. So the broccoli's come back again, have a little bit. We've got Victorian green beans. They ran away. I think there's only a handful. They'll be gone in half an hour. Uh, we sold them $11, which is a lot of money still in some people's books. But like I always say, buy a handful, enjoy them. Yeah, yeah, one don't, oh. don't eat a kilo. I got one. Yeah. Reed avocados, I'm seeing. Yeah, the there's, big, there's, the big round ones. They're yeah, buttery. They've got the most beautiful around. flavour. Uh, very much misunderstood. A lot of people don't know how to deal with avocados because some avocados you put oil mm. and some you don't put oil. Mm. You know, you just need a little bit of vinegar or lemon juice on them. A little bit of acid just to yeah, lift them up. Yeah, yeah, So, uh, actually, it's funny because um, my daughter's gone away on a camp with the uni and she said to her brother, you're going to the market Sunday. You're going to bring me two avocados home. Yeah, not please. Wow. You know? So, yeah, people are yearning Don't for that mess sort with of Bianca, stuff. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're out there. And there's an abundance of everything, not just fruit and not vegetables. There's a lot of fruit out there. 
as we always say, get out there and pick the eyes out of the market. People have been buying the salad mix and spinach and rocket because it's warmer. They're having salads. Mm. Um, what else can I say? The tomatoes are still hot. Bananas went up for some reason. They must have had a bit of a uh, problem up there getting them out. So Three bucks. Yeah, we had them 350 yesterday, believe it or not, and still people are buying them. But you've got to do what you've got to do. So, um, but that's always makes sense. It's so much different to going to a supermarket because oh, you've got the have people a look selling. At that, that water, um, honey, honeydew, honeydews, and cantaloupes. They are the size of a bowling ball. They're actually, a cannonball. Yes, yes, bowling ball. They're yeah. huge. Jenny's got four dollars on them, I think. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And Mum told me they were three dollars around the market yesterday. You can feed an army with one of those melons. Sure can. A little bit of yogurt on top, a little bit of honey on top of that. Yeah, I like mine cold and plain. Yeah. Uh, if I get naughty with a half a uh, litre of ice cream on top, so <laughs> I don't All do right. it very often. All right, well, look, we better go. As always, John, thanks for your time, and um, may you keep your cool and you have a great little rest tonight. Yes, have a good one. Uh, that's right, Triple R sponsors, and Triple R is the place that you're at because it's the afternoon. And do you know what? Mm. We're delighted. We are. To have you along because yes. of the fact that you're such a wonderful, evolved kind of people. And speaking of wonderful, evolved kind of people who um, are very, very busy doing their selfies <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> multitasking. Why not? Um, can you please make them welcome? From Smith and Daughters in beautiful downtown Brunswick, the old Della Santos. <sighs> a big good afternoon to Shannon and Mo, Shannon Martinez and Mo Wise. Thanks for having us. Well, it's a bloody pleasure, Shannon. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you doing? Um, better for yeah. having you two in the studio, having a chat to me. But I thought I would just start this off. The reason that you guys are on as well as having an awesome, awesome place to come and eat is the fact that you've got a cookbook that has been who's it done by again? Hardy Grant. Good on you, Hardy Grant. But it is basically about vegan food. But I thought I'd just start off this whole thing, just to start us off, before we just go into some weird categories. Is vegan still a thing anymore, really? Mm. We've sort of moved on from there, haven't we, as as a race? Uh, we'd like to think so in the there year 2017. Yeah, we'd discuss. Like to. <laughs> yeah. Veganism. Uh, is that a thing anymore? Yeah, Neither a chick nor a pea. We've mm. definitely moved on from being a, a thing to just being a, a standard way of eating. I guess it, it's not nothing special. Mm. Shouldn't need to really be explained anymore. You know, it is what it is. It's the same as... And know. it's just another thing that can be enjoyed that we don't have to put all this baggage that we've That's had right. on it Correct. for so mm-hmm. goddamn long that, you know, we have this whole notion of this old-fashioned notion, which I think now is that you have a plate, you have this giant piece of protein in the middle of the plate and strewn around this giant piece of protein or a few sort of, oh, you better put some bloody vegetables on there. Mm. But we have. We've moved on from that. And this, God, I hate to use this C word, celebration. But it is. This book is such a a celebratory sort of a, a book, isn't it? Yeah, well, that was always the notion with the restaurant and the deli and the book. It's just good food that happens to be all plant-based. Mm. We don't make enough as emphasis on it. Yes, it says eat vegan and a giant cross on the cover. Yeah, I like that. 
But it's more about upside down cross too. Upside down Not controversial, yeah. like everybody wants it to be. Yeah. But we we really do emphasize that plant based food is just that. It's just good food, and it happens to be vegan. And you don't need to ask questions about it. You just put it in your mouth, and you enjoy it. And that's always been our mission. You have this epic chef who's sitting to my left, Shannon. Chef. And she just has, epic chef. has she's an epic, epic chef. chef. Yeah. And she just happens to use all these you know, amazing plant-based ingredients and, and make food that you're already eating with the giant piece of protein in the middle, but making it better. Damn right. Now, let's do the Genesis talk. Not that I'm going to get religious, even though it's Sunday <laughs> and the Sabbath. But, but I am kind of interested in that we've got two very distinctive big personalities. How did these big personalities uh, coalesce, shall we say? How would you get together? Where'd you meet? What's going on? We met uh, at the People's Market in Collingwood, uh, you know, four years ago, was it? Four years. Uh, four, five? Five, five years ago. Yeah. And um, I had I always had wanted to open a restaurant, and yes. that is how we met because I had my first vegan venture at the market. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the more business side of hospitality has never been my forte. Mm. Uh, you know, I try to stick to the booze and the food, and I happened to find someone who was really good at all the things that I suck at. <laughs> wow, and what's uh, one of those things? What's your, what's your skill set? So my skill set wasn't running restaurants, but it was. <laughs> I don't in... want to cook. I'm not going back a house. Oh, don't want to cook or just can't cook. That's, yeah, yeah. I can make the recipes in the book, so that that was sort of the benchmark. But no, I had come from a production and media and marketing and You're PR super and... over uh, over yeah. overachiever oh, from the from book. the US of That's A. Me. Yeah, you yeah. read that book. I read that bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So it was just a matter of putting us together. What part of the U.S. are you from? You're a West Coast girl, aren't you? Yeah, I'm from Seattle, Seattle, wasn't it? Yeah, Mm. Seattle, Washington. And uh, was it good to get out of Seattle? I should answer that I was really sad to leave because my family would hate to hear that otherwise, but I was really happy to come and start a new life in Australia. It's it's home now. I love it here. Because I heard this really, I remember reading this book and I got this great description of, of Seattle and it was, it was, it went something like this. Imagine going out with a beautiful, beautiful girl who's constantly sick. And that was sort of how I was describing Seattle. It's beautiful, beautiful town, but it's always raining and there's this sort of ennui that is all around the place. Uh, I love it. I've never heard that before. That's great. Yeah. I I was expecting to hear rain, coffee, nirvana. The the, the usual shit. But no, that's a really great way to put it. But I'll tell you, when Seattle is on, it is on. It is the most beautiful place. Uh, Okay. So you guys got together and um, and how long has Smith & Daughters been going for now? It's three years in March. Three years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the deli is two years in June. So we've done some things. Yeah. Yeah. You've, You've kicked some goals. Really you too. No, and and congratulations to that. And also, this is this is an auto. He said, "Tapping this. See, that's the product. You can you can hear it." But this is just an absolute ripper of a book. And I I give this to you as an example, folks out there. That sometimes when I get a, a cookbook and I'm looking through it and I think, oh, "I'll just put whack a post-it note just on the things that I like." I'm going, "Oh, okay. I'll put a post-it note there, and I'll put a post-it note there, and post." I was running out of post-it notes because there's so much great stuff on there. So tell us a bit, a little bit about the book and the the stuff that's behind it. Right. Either of you, take a so free kick. 
The book um, is focusing purely on the restaurant and all of you know the most popular dishes that we've had since we opened. Mm. Kind of like a little bit of a celebration. There we go. There's again. that C There's word again. C word. Yeah, dropping it. Um, of what everyone really loved to eat, and just an introduction to sort of our uh, way of cooking at the restaurant. You yeah. know, making it approachable. Uh, being really honest too. Mm. You know, I'm sure you saw in the book there. There's a close up. Shot a full page shot of my arm, and the opposite page. Well, I mean that doesn't make sense, to people. There's a full shot page of my arm, which is tattooed with animals and ham and other non-vegan food products. Yeah, because because that's the thing, and it's not really a dark secret, but it's the fact that um, you happen to be cooking in a vegan restaurant, but um, uh, omnivore, shall we say? Kind of carnivore. Well, omni is everything. Sure, yeah. Okay, carnivore. Right. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Hey. yeah, but um, but that's the thing, and maybe that's the the dichotomy, and that's what you what you bring. It's the perspective. It's important. It's I'll- it's coming from a place that no other vegan chefs are coming from, and taking things that aren't twenty years past and recreating them is the most special experience that you can give to a, a vegan or a vegetarian or someone who is trying to c- cut down their consumption. One thing I, we were talking about before, and I'm really, really glad to see it, is that there is no bulletproof wholemeal pastry that's um, that's given mm-hmm. on here. But tell us about your Spanish, yeah. Martinez, huh? That's right. Yep, Martinez. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Grandma? Grandmother. So father's side is Spanish and my yeah. mom's side is Australian. Yes. Um, and, you know, her food was one of my biggest influences for sure, along with traveling too. But for, for me, uh, growing up, um, coming to her house, all these things that, you know, of course, like amazing grandmother chefs are, they don't even look like they're trying, you know, and they give you their recipes and they never taste the same. And I've always said there's something obviously in her skin or so there was something, you know, <laughs> there was something with the like, way she touched it, whatever she did to it, you know, like no one could ever get it like it's that. It's the like water for chocolate thing. Exactly, maybe. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And tell me, all right, let, let me just take you into the way back machine. What do you remember? What's the first remembrances of grandma's food? And, and maybe helping her out. Do you have a remembrance of that? I do. And, well, actually, it's... my first memory of food and my Spanish family is actually my grandfather. Yeah. And it's a recipe that's in the book. Um, and it's the chocolate pate recipe that's in there. Yes. Uh, and that actually stems from a dish that he used to make me, which was a very stripped-back version of it. We used to go to the Preston Market in the morning. Preston Market. Yeah, we catch yeah. the bus, go to the Preston Market. Yes. Buy a slab of chocolate, and he would break it up with a hammer when we got home. <sighs> and he'd cut two pieces of bread from me put the big chunks of chocolate on the bread, olive oil, salt, another piece of bread, and that was my lunch. Whoa. To any Australian child would be like... Anathema. Oh, my God. What are you doing? That was just a standard. What you know, the bloody like, hell? Yeah that, yeah. Was, that was lunch, and it was awesome. So, you know, that is uh, the, the dish that we have at the restaurant is, is uh, you know... We've, Definitely a homage to him and that really special dish. That was really nothing special at the time, but to me, it stuck in my mind. Mm. You know. So, so that was sort of the the start of your um, of your cooking or your interest in cooking. And how did you get to the stage where, well, that you guys are together? I suppose in your so in your cooking. No, we uh, were, yeah, go on. Oh, at the people's market, though, it was one of those things where we had said. You know, there's going to be three food vendors, and I was saying we have to have a vegan one. And Shannon was cooking at the Gasometer Hotel. The Gasso. But it was always. The Gasso Girl, yep. 
It was always that she put on vegan menus everywhere that she went. So I had actually been eating her food since the first time I came here in 2008. East Brunswick Club, which you were there in... Oh, God. Yeah, yeah ages before that. Most but, of the 2000s. But it was amazing because... It was always that, let's put a vegan dish on there, and it always outsold the meat dishes. And that was the craziest, coolest thing. And it wasn't necessarily vegans ordering the food. No, it's just people going, that sounds good. Yeah. I might, might just have that. Maybe that's and that's the thing that um, comes through in this book, which is, yeah, just just awesome. It really, really, really is. Um, so um, tell us about a little bit about the structure of this book, how you sort of um, how you've put it together. Uh, we wanted to really um, make sure that people understood how the business came to be, who yes. we are as people. You know, as that first book, it's really an introduction to everything that, you it's know, It's about we establishing represent. yourself, stepping forward and going, hi. Well, that's exactly it, you know, and I yeah. find, too, you know, um, vegan food in general, uh, people take the piss with it quite a bit, you know, and, and mm. we want to show people that it's not gimmicky food, it's not... Uh, you know, hard to get. and not hard to get. And not, it's not a fad. It's not none of that. Like this is real food. You can open this cookbook and put it alongside a non-vegan cookbook, and you wouldn't know the difference between the two. You know, tick agreed. Yeah, mm. yeah. And agreed. also for Shannon and I, one of the main hindrances is those recipes that take you know five days to make, and there's a million different components, and we're just like stuff that it's not. It's not worth it. We mm. want to be able be able to make this book and these recipes accessible to everybody. And like I said, I'm not a cook, so that was one of the requisites. I so think number four in there on the, the book's notes on how to use the book. We believe in you. Remember, if Mo can, <laughs> you can yeah. too. Yeah, which is, is, is kind of great. And there's – it's not quite so much a manifesto, but it is. It's like nailing your colors to the masters to what you believe in and all this sort of stuff. And it's great. It's And it's – doesn't take itself too seriously, yeah. which is kind of cool. Yeah. You know, and one of the things you say, point number 21 in our manifesto, it's not quite as serious as that, but it <laughs> says, look, this is not health food. This has always been our mantra and always be something we stick to. Our one motto is good food that happens to be vegan. That doesn't mean it's healthy. You're cutting out <laughs> cholesterol by cutting out the animal fat, but you're still deep frying food. And that's still deep frying, so duh. And the other thing that I really, really loved was the thing that you were saying about garlic and uh, likening it to the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Should, would you like to discuss that just a little oh, bit? Oh, how there is no excuse to not have garlic at all times. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and even in the zombie apocalypse, the idea of life without garlic is just not acceptable. Not acceptable. I like this. Most definitely not. Not acceptable. Not acceptable. Um, and, uh, but you do sort of say that... Uh, Garlic in a jar uh, should be just reserved for the zombie, the zombie apocalypse, apocalypse because I'm not encouraging it's it. But, you know, desperate sucks. times. Last resort. Yeah, desperate times. Yeah, yeah, desperate times. <laughs> we'll we'll call for um, for desperate measures. Um, one thing, look, there's so much that we could get into food wise, but there was the drink. Where's the drink in the jug? Starts with M. Go back. It's one of these ones. What's the one with the, the rice and the almond milk that you the do? Horchata. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that because I found that a little bit fascinating. So horchata is... Oh, there it is. Horchata. Uh, yeah, it's Spanish. It, Spaniards do a version. Uh, they do another version in uh, you know parts of Latin America as well. Spain generally is an arm. It's basically like a spiced almond milk. Mm. And, um, and let's face it, this is a great thing for the part of Australia that's sweltering at the moment. Would mm. you agree? Oh, so good. Yeah, correct, yeah. correct. It really, really is. Mm-hmm. So, how do you make it? How do you make it? 
Um, he asked. Yep. So and shut up. It depends. Well, so our, our version is combining the two. So we put rice and almonds um, mm. in for the milk, soaking it, blending it with soaking spices. Overnight, was it? To yeah, well, if you could be bothered, up. but you yeah. know, as, as the book says, I, I could never be bothered doing that. So, I probably so it's soak, mix, uh, or pulse, and then strain. Yeah, but we're putting it? spices and stuff in it and sugar, which is what makes horchata horchata. Yeah, and then there's also a recipe underneath if you want the naughty one, which is called <laughs> gangster horchata, which has got. Uh, Cognac? Yeah, yeah cognac, baby. That's it, because that's how we roll around here. Um, favorite thing that's uh, – we've got a couple of minutes left, but is there a favorite thing that's around with the seasons at the moment for you guys? Well, asparagus is about to finish, which is really Sucks. devastating. Yeah. You know, that's my favorite time of the year pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a fruit guy, so, you know, for me, summer, I'm kind of like, yeah – yeah, and, you know. Although <clears throat> Danny Valant did sing your praises with that beautiful melon dish that you yeah. did. Oh, that right, is, the salad, yeah. Yeah, tell us yeah. just very quickly what that is. Yeah, so that's a melon salad with pickled pineapple and jalapenos. So that's a really like spicy, hot, fresh, delicious salad. And it's got mint that's for right. rock and yeah. rollers, which mm-hmm. uh, is kind of good. Yeah, Matt's doing the rock too. Devil We're Horns. all rocking. Oh yeah. Uh, what's the name of this book again? Smith and Daughters, a cookbook that happens to be vegan. There we go, free shot. Uh, and the restaurant, which is the old De Los Santos, is, in case you've been born under a rock. Smith and Daughters. Yeah, now the address. 175 Brunswick <laughs> <Okay>. Street. <laughs> That's okay. right, not Brunswick. We got that. How much is this thing? It retails at $48. Change from a $50 note. Mm. Um, i got to say, this is used and recommended by, to use an old triple R term, Matt. Yes. Did absolutely. you like it too? I did. I had a good, I, although I was just flicking through looking at your post-it notes going, ooh. Ooh, ooh post-it that, note. Ooh, ooh post-it note. Ooh, post-it note. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank May you. Uh, more strength to your arm. We would love to see you guys again. We'd love to be back. you got to try this food. Yeah, we're gonna, uh, we'll get around to that. Thanks for bringing in the stuff. You still got to eat your crostily too. I'm doing my best. I'm doing your best. <laughs> yeah. uh, Matt, have you got? Did we get a note as to what's coming up next? Uh, we got Sunday lunch, of course. Uh, yeah. Jess Lilly's back in town doing uh, the streets of your town every Sunday in February. Why would you miss it? And we were talking to her, and she was talking about the Cranburn. What was it? The crater or the meteor? Yeah, the meteor, yeah. the Cranburn, and the Dudley Street Swamp. tune in that three seconds two seconds Matt's doing the thing we say thank you very much bonus dias you rock Matt you rock you You rock too and you know what you out there you rock and don't go away because (laughs) this place rocks you know yeah you got it alright bye this has been a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.